Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Thousands of supporters of Brazil's fascistic former president Jair Bolsonaro invaded and occupied for more than three hours the headquarters of the three branches of government in Brasilia, the country's capital, on Sunday the 8th of January. The protesters demanded a military coup to depose and imprison recently inaugurated President Luis Inácio Lula da Silva of the Workers' Party. Although the situation was brought under control and the fascist occupation of the buildings ended, there remains a looming threat of a military coup with fascist sympathetic leaders. To discuss the rising threat of fascism in Brazil, I'm joined today by Brazilian eco-feminist and socialist Fernanda Santos. When we talk about Bolsonaro, I mean, we describe him as a fascist. What was it about his government and his method and his system of administration that made him a fascist? It starts by the people that are financially supporting uh, his campaigns. Uh, of course, it's all very focused on saving the big business. Uh, it's all funded by big business as well. And so this this feeling of hate and the fear that I say they really uh, nurture in the population. Um, I think, yeah, this is definitely like a, a sign of fascism and like how they use uh, lies and like very controversial strategies to manipulate people, to disinform and alienate people from uh, reality and building conspiracy theories as well. So yeah, like, and his government was very much against uh, the most oppressed people, like black people, um, of course, uh, women, trans people, all the people from the LGBTIQ plus community, the indigenous people, um, many measures uh, to really uh, just disempower and disencourage and even uh, genocide. So now it's already coming up so many uh, reports and um, situations where uh, deaths of of indigenous kids in Brazil could have been avoided during his uh, uh, presidency and uh, it wasn't. Apparently around 500 indigenous children died from like, um, yeah, situations that could have been addressed. So all those things are going to, are coming up now um, very strongly. But yeah, it's things that we knew, but now it's going to be very shocking um, to know effectively because so he did put in place um, lots of uh, measures to to hide information as well. Uh, you know, on the yeah. Uh, so he he made big changes to make sure he could um, avoid accountability and uh, yeah, and information to be shared. There were lots of like yeah, denial around science. So the whole situation with COVID was. Uh, big show of um, lack of humanity and interest in uh, humanity and really like, and just oppressive um, where people cannot even uh, talk much against him. Uh, It became more and more like very, very uh, fragile topic. Like, um, yeah, I can, 
you know, I'm overseas, different. Like I always think, um, even the times that I went to Brazil while he was in government, it's like you, you don't know um, where the people are, where his supporters are, and if you raise something about him, people might even become violent uh, in defending him. And yeah, so all this, this, um, this movement is just yeah, it looks very dangerous and uh, but and also of course uh, his appreciation of uh, far right dictatorship, which he doesn't hide uh, how much he appreciated uh, historically in Brazil. So yeah, all those um, things are very clear on how. He believes in like authoritarian measures, uh, yeah, anti-democratic measures. Well, following on um, some of his conspiracy theories and um, spreading of untrue information, he followed in Trump's footsteps, declaring the election result invalid. Can you tell us how this played out? This is like very old strategy he used since uh, his first election. Uh, as a president, of course, because uh, Bolsonaro is in Brazilian's uh, politics for quite a long time, uh, being re-elected. Uh, but as a president, even in the first election, he was always like, uh, if I don't win, uh, this is a, it, it's a sign that's a fraud, because uh, he always believed in, like, uh, in his popularity and how, you know, all these strategies of... Um, uh, fake news and all this would help his uh, elections. So he, they, they raised concerns regarding um, the real of the electronic uh, elections that happened in Brazil, and which he was actually developed to make it uh, elections safer and uh, away from some like uh, control of uh, how people were voting. So all these questions he has around science and, uh, yeah, is what I said about the conspiracy theory uh, is always contributed to those things. So, uh, and interestingly, like his government, his leadership actually attempted to commit some fraud during the, particularly the second round uh, of the elections. Um, they did attempt to sabotage people from some remote areas where uh, Lula was uh, far the most popular, they were sabotaging those people to um, get the public transport and uh, go to to vote. They were really they created lots of barriers, uh, and all those um, things were reported on the day. Which we we were not surprised or shocked. We were always expecting that to go. So he's he used the strategies. He he prevented some people to vote and it's still uh, lost. So it's just all those lies. And uh, I, I actually, like personally, I think it's a bit uh, embarrassing how he undermines um, the population's capacity to know and understand better. But we all also know like the work deeply uh, and very well funded on manipulating the masses, the, uh, the far rights, um, right movements do yeah so it's still like the ultimate uh, ultimate responsibility of all those acts uh, are linked to him there's not much way he can uh, uh, avoid the uh, linkage um, I would say so they're still investigating it 
everything, but he was always like attacking the Supreme Court, the Congress, like always questioning any time uh, those spaces and institutions were, were questioning him. He would just, um, yeah, start like movements against them and like talking about closing Congress, closing Supreme Court, all those things that uh, contribute and are important for democracy. Well, in the immediate aftermath of the election and him declaring the result invalid, some of his cronies or his street thugs um, organised some fascist barricades and some worker committees broke up those barricades, again, in the immediate aftermath of the election. So we're talking October last year. This seems pretty organised. What can you tell us about the organisation of the working class in Brazil, particularly in response to the fascist threat? Yes, um, well, I can say like the, the um, Brazil has a very, it's still like well organised uh, working class movement, uh, the unions and um, just the, the um, front uh, front fighters uh, movement, grassroots movements, um, the indigenous movements, um, the landless movements, they all still with some capacity to organize. And also, like, if the election, like, thinking of the re election of Bolsonaro was so, uh, such a dangerous uh, risk that uh, the left just really got together to, um, to work against it and like understanding uh, how much impact it would have and also like understanding um, that uh, all like the, the security police and military was all coordinated by Bolsonaro's leadership so we, so we couldn't really count on them to protect Brazil from uh, a, a cult or like yeah, uh, the far right movement just growing and taking place against democracy so those movements just stayed very strong and uh, united. Well I want to ask you can you explain why in this political climate there's such a sizable fascist movement in Brazil? I would say like it always started with the economic crisis um, which in general brings fear to people and is that's in the, the whole like bourgeois democracy that we uh, we see um, and with capitalism of course there's always time for e economic development and then recession and that's when uh, it's very high risk of uh, far right growing um, and Brazil developed significantly during Lula's previous uh, terms um, and when the this reception recession uh, happened and people started worrying about their finances and uh, their security. Um, all those uh, ideas to feed up fear and build up a reactionary conservative movement started and like it's just really started pointing down to the people that were already in disadvantage, the most oppressed and everything. They just start that reactionary movement against those people to defend, of course, the ruling uh, ruling class. And then, so there was space for that. And then, of course, with the, all the moral crisis that was happening with uh, multiple corruption cases being investigated and in, in exposed, 
in Brazil as well. Like they do, they do say that during the Workers' Party times and presidents was just really more space for investigation. They they did not uh, prevent much investigation to happen. So more cases were exposed, um, and that was really. Of course, very it, it does impact on the population's moral and just understanding of everything, and um, which is mostly related to business and private sector. But they always uh, reflect on politics, of course. But given that the corruption comes mainly from um, the private sector rather than the public, and then they just start believing that the, the Solution is to privatize everything, uh, which is so controversial. But anyway, that's another topic. They also like started building up all this fear for progressist uh, changes, focusing on the idea of protecting family unity, properties, and conservative values, which is something that we always see uh, hanging around when when they talk when the far right present their values. The whole situation in Brazil, for example, around abortion. This is always a a question that they use for uh, elections and to feed up conservative ideas like controlling women's body is a main goal. So they always they always use this fear and there are lots of like religious and values involved on that that it helps um, growing movements um, like that, which is very unfortunate. Yeah, so they started really reacting against any fight and progress for more equality and social justice in any way. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. Today's program focuses on the looming threat of a successful fascist coup in Brazil following the three-hour occupation of government buildings on the 8th of January by fascist thugs, overshadowing the inauguration of newly elected President Lula da Silva. My guest today is Brazilian eco-feminist and socialist Fernanda Santos. One of the things that Bolsonaro said after the coup in January was that he he disendorsed the coup fighters. He said, oh, no, I've changed my mind. I support the election result. Do you think this is disingenuous? I mean, he more or less engineered this coup. Yes, uh, Bolsonaro is not genuine or anything. Uh, he's, he's, it? Like, he's always very manipulative and like he wants to just free himself uh, i would believe like that uh, he and his families has so many worries uh, around what's going to happen with them being investigated just in general of course with everything that i would say like how he used to always question congress and supreme court before uh and any institutions that will um improve to democracy uh, of course, it shows how he's not interested in 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 like accepting uh, elections results at all. And that he was he was not very genuine. Like he was not genuine around when uh, he spoke about um, losing the election. He just yeah he was still like uh, thankful to his support and like he ignored like he avoided to say much. Um, he gave a very short speech and there was not much from him actually since the elections um results so he he wanted to like preserve he himself 
from showing all the leadership, but of course he was the one be building up the movement. And it's not only like the movement on the streets and everything, like it's just so many uh, people were elected to this movement uh, built by Bolsonaro, like so many uh, people started becoming involved in and elected in politics, like people with a military background and people from um, like big landlords in Brazil and lo lots of like really conservative ideas. Well, I want to ask about these military people that have been recruited to um, his forces or to the cause of fascism or whatever you want to call it, because this is probably the most frightening development once the forces of the military or the police are, you know, on his side, that really does create the environment for a coup. Do you think that there is an active threat of a military coup at this point in Brazil with fascist sympathetic leaders of the military at the helm? Yeah, well, look, from the things I've been, uh, the people that I've been talking to and the things I've been reading, that's actually the like the leadership for the military. It seems like there's no much space, uh, but of course he has, they do have to be closely watched it and like uh, um, it's definitely going to be a time for uh, the social movements to be very involved and the working class to be very involved in uh, politics to prevent them from even like controlling uh, Lula's leadership as well. Um, you know, we, we don't want to be like having uh, a leadership that's going to be controlled over like a fear of uh, a coup um, as well. So it's, it's uh, of course, like I think it's always, there's always a threat which should not be ignored. Uh, but what they said is that from everything that happened, they just, it's just like, was just a way for them to show how much power and control they have of the population if they want to come um, against Lula's uh, leadership. Uh, but they don't really have the intention to, to come. It's just, it would be possibly not like a right time um, for Brazil to, to go through that. Uh, well, I would think so, um, but it's just you know if they can if they can keep their privilege without needing to do a call uh, to they they're gonna just do it. Uh, but yeah, unless they have to, unless uh, Lula's leadership um, goes too much in pro of the disadvantaged and like it takes the privilege of the ruling class away, um, they might just leave it um but yeah but it's it's definitely like lots of um space to question and there's been lots of investigations on how police uh had played a role in these attacks that happened and how they were uh protecting the march how they were uh how the military as well could have uh prevented all from being organized the way it was uh and they didn't do much even uh, the state governor in, of Brazilia and the ex-chief uh, executive of the security, uh, they're being investigated at the moment and they, um, yeah, they're not active in the role because, yeah, it was clearly like supported by 
police, there's some images of uh, how things happen and how police was even like escorting them so they could reach to the destination. What um, President Lulu has done in the aftermath is very strange, if you ask me. He has invested Mm. massively in the military, he's just given a lot of money and a lot of new personnel. Do you think this is a wise move given the possibility that the military could be implicated in a coup against him? Lula has always invested in the military, just in general. His government was one that invested the most. Uh, He did support the growth and development of the professionals and all this very strongly while in power. And I I wouldn't be surprised that that's happening again. And it, it just, it might be a way to, to work on some like personal and like just make sure um, he he has a bit of control and this is what I was saying like they of course they they're gonna work on some agreements to ensure they are achieving their goals and they having things addressed the the way they want uh, and keeping the ruling class protected and all those things so it's, yeah and they benefits as well. It's really, yeah, it's very challenging. Like, of course, uh, you know, Lula is being elected, but yeah, uh, he's far from the government we would like to see and the leadership we would like to see. But it's still, he was the one to take out Bolsonaro from um, Brazilian leadership. The military in Brazil needs a whole reform and it's, it's definitely a mistake to invest in the military the way it is. Fascism poses an existential threat to the working class and to socialism. What do you think the task is for the Brazilian working class at this point in time, given how real and imminent the threat is? The working class will have to stay very active um, more than ever, stay involved in politics, organise and participate. Uh, It's very important to understand that elections will just the beginning of the fight to gain some rights back because there was so, like the, just the impacts of Bolsonaro's leadership are so huge and so this is just a very start and to make sure we are like aware and ensure that you know as much as possible considering like Lula is a politician and is just gonna uh, play the games and just to ensure like the, the population has been a priority which is always a you know, we always want to have some hope because uh, it's really, yeah, it's very upsetting, like sad. And like as a Brazilian person talking, just, yeah, the impact on each person, uh, you know, considering all the lives that get lost. So important that there's a focus on that. And, but yeah, I think for the working class will be just to continue organizing, being involved, not avoiding politics and not expecting that Lula is going to solve uh, things. We need to show the support and the interest and uh, our demands very clearly as well and be like they uh, not alienate us from politics at all. Like this is the most dangerous thing to do uh, is to um, avoid it. Uh, it is our place to be and we just need to be involved and join groups, local groups, community, any any possible social movement that's happening and being informed, informed, informing others, uh, making sure you link with the union like actively as well and prevent uh, things from getting worse and trying to get the rights back. And what kind of international solidarity do you think is needed at this time? 
Well, in terms of like in international leadership, of course, uh, as I was talking about Lula, he does a good job in like the whole diplomacy. Uh, and I, I hope that will maintain the interest. Brazil needs to remain a significant source uh, for the imperialist countries to be interested and in watching. That's always a thing. Uh, and But of course, that's not what we call solidarity. I'm just thinking about the leaderships in general. Um, the solidarity will come from the social movements, of course, and I believe there's a potential growth in the eco-socialism, uh, which cannot happen without the leadership from the First Nations uh, looking after and fighting for the Amazon forest, for example. So I think, I hope the social movements internationally will just acknowledge all the importance in supporting, like we'll continue acknowledging and like work on the strategies and articulate on a, like a global strategy and support um, for those leaderships that are happening because, uh, you know, we're here talking about, uh, but they are they facing their struggle daily and they've, they've succeeded very well in protecting uh, the people and, you know, despite all this like historical genocide and everything, they are still like the main source of, uh, fight doing the amazing work so we just need to learn learn more listen and support them as we can and go with them well fernanda thank you so much for your time on the program today was there anything you wanted to add well i forgot actually like in the very beginning um to acknowledge country and just pay my respect to the pollination uh the elders past present and emerging sorry for doing this now but it's just uh, i had all those things to talk so it's just yeah important again uh, as i talk about first nation peoples as this week is the week that we we know the invasion day the, um all those uh the genocide and being celebrated and just yeah so just to remember uh sovereignty has never been ceded that was Brazilian eco-feminist and socialist Fernanda Santos speaking about the looming threat of a successful fascist coup in Brazil following the three-hour occupation of government buildings on the 8th of January by fascist thugs, overshadowing the inauguration of newly elected President Lula da Silva. And that's all we've got time for on today's program. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kunjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.